We are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Wednesday, November 22nd. We are recording the bulk of this episode before the Celtics game against the Bucks, which is going to happen tonight. I sure uh, hope they win. Be, uh, would because be nice. If they lose, nobody nobody watches our stuff. Yeah, it would be nice. Editing Jack here. This might be the fastest I've ever had to jump into an episode, but we're morons and forgot to say happy Thanksgiving because we forgot this was dropping on Thanksgiving. We talked about it about nine minutes into the show or so, but yeah, we're just dumb. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you who listen to the show. We appreciate you and we're very thankful that you listen to us talk about the Celtics, especially when we're dumb enough to forget that this episode is dropping on Thanksgiving. So just wanted to pop in here and say that uh, as editing Jack. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the show. Uh, but before we start, a couple of housekeeping things. One, I'm going to say it at the start of the episode again. Please leave us a review on Apple. We would greatly appreciate it. This is the agenda I've been pushing for the past couple weeks, and I'm going to continue to push it until we get more. It helps us on the audio platform. So if you do listen on audio, leave us a review on Apple. And if you don't listen on uh, audio, just just go to Apple anyways. Leave no longer ask. Very nice. Be very nice. We'd appreciate it. Also, um, for our loyal viewers and, and listeners, etc., you know we post daily videos on YouTube. We're going to potentially expand upon that. Might be posting two a day. So if you see the first video of the day, don't assume that's all you're getting that day is all I'm saying. So keep an eye on the channel. You might get some double uploads here and there. We, we're we're looking to push. We're looking to add a little bit more content. So uh, for RJ, Joey Spatch, those land, and anybody who regularly watches and comments, if you see one video, don't think that's all you're getting that day. Go back to the channel. You might see a second one pop up. Just, just keep an eye out, Joe. You know, just just as a, as a heads up so you don't miss potential uploads. We double uploaded yesterday as you're listening to this, so go check them both out if you haven't yet. But um, let's do our in-pop needle winner at the start of the episode, too. Get the rest of the housekeeping out of the way. I'll throw it on the screen for the YouTube listeners. Um, and let's spin that wheel. We had eight entries today. And let's see who is walking away with an in-pop needle. Who's... <laughs> Gonna be the winner. Oh, oh! Dakota Wilkins. Shout out Dakota. Joey Spatula is gonna watch this and see just how that's a that's a heartbreaking defeat for Joey Spatula. Is like that. That's whip your phone. (laughs) But uh, Dakota, we will respond to your comment on YouTube, and we will make sure we get you connected with an in pop Nito gift card. Um, So keep an eye out on that. We'll shoot you an email once you give us your email and, and we'll get you set up. But thank you all for entering and make sure to comment what's popping on this podcast right here for a chance to win on the next episode. Just throw what's popping in your comment anyways. If you're going to comment, might as well throw what's popping in there, get a chance to win some popcorn, right? Come on. What are we doing? But without further ado, uh, I oh, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, we're going to throw it over to our future selves. I was ready to go into the first topic, but uh, we have a Bucks game to talk about. So we'll throw it over to future Jack and Sam to break that one down. All right. Thank you to our past selves for throwing it over to me and Sam for luckily a positive post game review. Let's get into it. Yay. No, so no sadness today. First point. <laughs> Funniest yeah. three quarters of basketball I've ever seen. How so? <laughs> you got all the white guys were going nuts, dude. Hauser was doing alley oops. Pritchard was cooking Dame. He had a step back on Dame. Mm-hmm. Porzingis was dunking all over the place. He dunked over, uh, Brooke Lopez so hard. Him and Jalen Brown had the craziest mm-hmm. back and forth alley-oop I've ever seen. They were literally yeah. just fucking around with Milwaukee for three quarters. And Tatum really didn't even have to do anything. 
He he was just out there. He looked sick, and it didn't matter. You know how mad I'd be if I was getting cooked by all the white guys? I was explaining to Kalen how funny it is to watch, like, Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, and Porzingis all score in double digits and, like, actually look like it's not fluky doing it. And it's hysterical. Derek White was excellent. He came out and made impact right away. Al Horford had the game of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said honorary. (laughs) Honorary, yeah. It's yeah. white and the whites. Like, dude, Ray, kind of Ray like, probably had a heart attack tonight, dude. When Hauser threw down the alley-oop, <laughs> he probably had to go in the ambulance. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was a great game for the first three quarters. They were killing the Bucs. It, it, so, obviously, the Bucks made a run at the end of the game, but it truly looked like the Celtics were the better team, and then they just decided to stop being the better team for a little bit, right? Like That's yeah. genuinely what it was. And you have to credit Dame making a couple tough shots at the end there. That's what he does. Giannis got to the rim a couple times. He got to the hoop. Brooke Lopez had a nice night. Um, but the Celtics just really stopped trying. They stopped executing the offense. They stopped playing the you know pass first ball. They were playing for the majority of the game. They had like 24, 23 assists on their first 34 shots. And then their last makes of the of the game, you know, of 10 of them, like three were assisted. So they like stopped playing the same style of basketball that they played for the first three quarters, which again, they looked like far and away the better team. They were red hot from three because they were getting good looks. Uh, spoiler alert from the, the the pregame show. Bucks didn't really adjust. Still don't really guard threes. <laughs> they still don't play great defense there. Just hanging um, out. The Bucks Best looked terrible. Of the season? Yeah, definitely. Jalen Brown finished 26 points, two rebounds, eight assists, one turnover, Jaylen, 10 of 16. Three another five. one just fucking around. Just just windmill on a backdoor cut yeah. throws on a windmill. Like He's What great. is going on? He was great. The, the only player in this game who wasn't great. Well, Tatum wasn't awesome either, but he had 11 rebounds and four assists. He still did stuff like Drew Holiday was the only one who really struggled. He was one of eight, one of five. Um, but it, it really looked like Drew was just out there saying, oh, I got to kill these guys. I got to go. I got to go. I got to yeah, do it. He, like, he was, like, he was just hard. <laughs> he's trying a little too hard. Like, was, it, you'll see it later in the show. The man was capping when he was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you remember at the start of the season? When a lot of people were saying, oh, the bench, though, dude, the bench, they stink. Like, what are they going to do? That's four or seven dude. for Horford, four or five for bench Hauser, players. four or seven for Pritchard, 11, 10, 10. Like, the bench killed the Bucks. Not only that, not only were they shooting well, four out of the five starters had a negative plus minus in this game. The only one to have yeah. a positive plus minus with was Kirstaps Porzingis, and, and the rest of the bench had positive plus minuses. The Bucks, uh, Giannis and Brook Lopez both had positive plus minuses. Dame was a plus nine in the game. They lost by two. The bench really came in and made a giant impact on this game. Um, they deserve the majority of the credit, but this this was the Jalen Brown game. Jalen Brown was fucking awesome in this game. He was efficient. He was passing. He was making great reads. He, he found Hauser on an alley-oop. He was fun. He was under Excuse control. me, finding Chris stops. <clears throat> yep, he was dishing out hockey assists. I have the hiccups. Um, this was the Jalen Brown show. <clears throat> He's the title of this video. This was his best game of the season. I wrote about his playmaking earlier in the summer, and uh, he's been making a lot. He he's been a lot better this year at at passing and finding making the right reads. And <clears throat> honestly, I think Chris stops was the start of that, right? Because you look at his two man game with Chris stops, which was talked about a bit after this game. It's a lot of, you know, we have built a nice chemistry. They, they live in the same building, so they're going on these car rides or whatever. Um, but now it feels like it's turned into 
that comfortability he has with Porzingis, his ability to run the two-man game with Porzingis and how free he feels in those spaces, feels like it's starting to translate to his playmaking ability in general, which is huge for him, right? Because obviously having a guy who's seven foot three and can can do everything Porzingis can do helps. And you see that with Jalen's playmaking. But now it's feel like he, he's taking that and applying it to the rest of his game, which is like, that's a game changer. I mean, we've talked about it time and time again on the show. If Jalen can become a solid playmaker, he then like moves up a tier of player and, and it feels like he's finally making that jump. Um, he, he still has his moments. He still has some rough game. I mean, uh, you look at that Charlotte game, he took some tough shots at the end, but like y- you can feel his decision-making improving in real time this season. Like I, I truly think that Chris stops two main game is going to work wonders for the rest of like his playmaking. It almost feels like Jalen's the most important player to this team. Not so much in the sense that he's the best guy, but in the sense that when he's on, they just go to another level. It just feels like when he's really thriving, the team is just unstoppable. Because when he's yeah. at his best, the the range from when he is at his worst might be the greatest on the team. Yes, I agree <clears throat> wholeheartedly. And he adds so much. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like I think I said this after the Hornets game. It was the difference between Kristaps's bad game and Jalen's bad game because it feels like, or it felt like at the time, most of Kristaps's misses were because he just missed. Like he he got a shot within the flow of the offense, he just missed. But a lot of Jalen's misses are him trying to force it and, and get in a rhythm. And I I think as much as he did struggle with that against the Hornets, you're seeing him pick his spots a lot better and look for passes. And like I said, I think a lot of that is he's now comfortable with Kristaps. He now knows he can make these reads. And so now it's moving from, okay, I'm going to focus on this two-man game with Kristaps to, okay, I can make some of these reads. Like I, it doesn't just have to be Kristaps. I can run the floor. I can run the offense. And um, it's good. He was talking about it after the game. And he said, uh, playmaking tonight he said just being aggressive getting to the paint this is a team that likes to overhelp at the rim so it's some pretty easy reads all night long <laughs> just like shitting on the bucks for not being great defense down there um they were and he really was making a lot of those reads for a lot of mm-hmm. this game they were terrible so i'll just got yeah, a, lot, a lot of easy stuff why, why not let's watch jalen's assist we can keep talking we don't have to like discuss right. each assist but like let's watch jalen's assist why not you why know not? give the man Next some credit he, he was great we'll throw out the mistake but <clears throat> do you think this was jalen's best game of the season I think so. I just felt like he was overly impactful. He just had his fingertips all over yeah. it. It was like him and Al Horford were like the two MVPs. Even though other guys <clears throat> yeah, had Horford monster games, like obviously I opened it up talking about the white guys because I just think it's funny when they play well. <laughs> but like they did a pretty good job. Like Pritchard made some good shots. He made important plays. Hauser was nails today. Dude. And obviously Kristaps was dunking all over him, doing Do this. Do you see this two-man game? Shoulder. Look at this two-man game. I'll, I'll say it for audio listeners. Kristaps gets the ball at the top of the key, passes it behind his back to Jalen. Jalen drives, draws two, alley-oop to Kristaps. My God. This is, you know what this is? This is two players too talented to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't leave either one of these players, so you almost have to pick your poison. And this was like, yeah, this was, this was special. <laughs> man, this special. Yeah, it's great. Did you Jaylen's see well, the guy on, that up. only passes it to his best friend, like on the team? We need a uh, we need a lost pup, uh, a rescue puppy siren. Watch this. Wait for it. Watch for the smile at the end. Watch the rescue puppy smile. Wait for he's it. Like, Wait for it. Watch he's the like, clip. Oh my Look god, my team's winning. I don't know what this is like. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. Look at this guy. He's like, yeah. 
one of the stars on the team so is fire, actually nice man. to me. I don't have to play with so Melo good. or Luca. So good, man. Well, dump off little KP3. KP did make a huge three at the end of this game, by the way. And the yeah. Bucks cut it to 10 and then uh, remarkably still managed to get it to three despite him bringing the lead to uh, 13. Yeah. Three minutes to play. Got it down to three. Not a great close. Yeah. No, these are some great reads by Jalen, though. This is He's just play. working, man. He's just working so well. Scott Foster like... ejected Chris Paul, by the way. Shocker. Um, it's like he's finally realized almost that he's realized how to effectively utilize his scoring ability into into playmaking. Here's Sam Hauser with the super cool dunk. Did you see? Excuse me. Did you see Jalen's quote about this after the game? Yes, it was excellent. Fantastic by Jalen. Let me read it for the listeners. He said, on the alley-oop, he said, I looked at him. He looked at me. That was all the confirmation I needed. We locked eyes, and I said, fuck it. <laughs> he looked at me like he was ready, and I threw it, so shout out to Sam. <laughs> Jalen was awesome. Sam was also awesome. Sam was playing great defense great. in this game. I wrote about his defense for Celtics Wild recently. He made a couple Stops big on Giannis. <clears throat> yeah. He literally stops. got stops on Giannis. He had a block. He did. Continue. He's a good defender. Uh, Al had 11, 8, and 6. He was great. Played good defense as well. Hit his threes. Pritchard was great. Made his threes. Um, had a really cool bucket past campaign. Or was it Dame? No, he got past Dame. <clears throat> Let's pull it up just because. Um, oh, he hit, he hit a I late mean, shot clock shot <clears throat> over Dame. It was electric. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I want to pull it up just so we can, we can experience it because uh, it was a fun time watching him just say see it later dame <laughs> i think i'm was admittedly this it? no kind of bummed that dame turned up at the end because he was terrible for most of this game he wasn't great <laughs> he wasn't great uh yeah dame pulled it out at the end um Giannis also had a good game at the end i mean he got to the line a few times but he wasn't great in general um <clears throat> i don't know man it, this was a you weird game because it game? felt like <clears throat> who refs bad ref game on both sides i think the refs are bad on both sides it was sides, just a yeah. shit show <laughs> mm-hmm. brooke lopez out there bad. pushing people bro do you saw that you saw those those plays yeah he's pushing them i bad. mean the Derek white one was crazy when he was under the basket Derek white just happened to get the air ball that was kind of funny mm-hmm. but when was that i want to find it oh, that was in the fourth quarter at some point but there was another you know play what happened? where like Tatum... what play it was i have no idea tatum okay that's fine was in the post <laughs> And the man hit the drop step, got undercut, and did not get a foul call. Yeah. And then Milwaukee goes down and gets a Mickey Mouse ticky-tack foul. And this was an important part of the game. Yeah. Like, the Celtics are slipping up here. There was just a lot of, like, bumps that weren't called both ways. Like, also respect to the refs because there was a lot of Dame just trying to jump into people and they were not having it. Yeah, how's your how's your Jared Weiss tweet of uh mm. Embiid just crashing into whoever it was on the uh <laughs> way getting bailed yeah. out like might have made its way to the NBA officials office because they were That'd having pretty cool. None of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Today. Would be pretty cool. Yeah, Brooke Lopez was kind of dirty in this game. I mean, he he pushed Derek White when Derek White was on the ground. He pushed Jason Tatum when Tatum was on the ground. Um, <clears throat> he pushed Derek White on another box out, I think, uh, according to Bobby. Uh, he was he was just he was like Julius Randle. He's running all over everybody for no fucking reason. It's kind of frustrating. <clears throat> um, I want to see if I can find him pushing Derek White. Um don't think it's this play. I'm just scrolling through. I, I can't find it. I don't know where I would. Uh, maybe I can. Hold, please. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I saw some tweets about it, and it was like, you know, credit Derek White for not getting mad. But it got to the point where there were a few plays in a row where you're doing it, and it's like, are the Celtics going to, like, do anything about this? Like, it, it was egregious. Derek, like, Brooke Lopez was very physical. And um, <clears throat> this isn't, like, me complaining. Like, it affected the outcome of the game, et cetera. It was just, like... Like why? Like what? What do we like? What's well, the point of doing that? More, uh, <laughs> extra possessions and free throws. I suppose, but like it was just kind of. I can't find it, but it's just weird. Like why are you pushing people when they're on the ground? It felt like there was no point to it. Um, <clears throat> Volleyball. Yeah, I mean, do you? So the end of this game was obviously rough for the Celtics. It felt like they slowed down. They abandoned the offense that was working for them earlier in the game, and they let the Bucks go on a run. <clears throat> I was asking Joe Mazzulla about it, and he was like. Effectively, like we understand, we know you got to do, you know, be better. And he's also like, it's also like really hard to stop some of these guys, and they're good players. And I, you do understand that to a degree, right? Like, it's not easy to get stops on Damon Giannis. And it did feel like towards the end of the game, the Bucks realized, okay, let's stop being morons. Let's just do what works. And I think that's the reason that, at least me personally, and a lot of other people around the league are like, Okay, the Bucks got off to a rough start, but when it gets down to it, they still have Dame and Giannis, and they'll probably have a chance. And I think you saw that at the end. I, this isn't an excuse for the Celtics, but I do think there is a truth to the matter of, like, the Bucks made a lot of good plays at the end, at least defensively. Like, I, I don't think the Celtics' defense was as much the problem as it much as it as much as their lack of offensive continuity was. If that makes sense, I I, I just sure. think a lot of it was the Bucks made some tough shots, and the Celtics. They did let their foot off the gas a little bit offensively, not in, I don't think the effort was the problem. I think the execution was the problem. Does that make sense? I am yes. can't think of the best way to phrase it. Well, also about. shout out to Tatum because he, he just put his head down and made a couple big drives to the hole when things were kind of reeling yes. there at the end. But to spin back to Milwaukee, mm -hmm. missed a lot of layups today. They missed a ton of Milwaukee? layups in yeah. this game. Yeah. A lot of rebounds. Celtics kind of caught a break on that. Like, with the final score only being a three-point win, like all of that stuff starts to add up, and you're like, well, what if the bench for this all these doesn't play well? What if Milwaukee doesn't make a bunch of layups? Whatever. I guess what if doesn't matter, but it does matter down the line because you have to play Milwaukee a couple more times and probably will have to see them in the playoffs. You, you got to be able to handle them. And we saw that they could handle them, but you got to just finish the game. Like this should have been a 25-point party. Like this should have been six minutes ticking down <laughs> And the crowd is just letting them hear it. Instead, everybody had to sweat it out, and they literally almost lost a game that was one of the more dominant three-quarter performances I've seen from this team. Yeah, the Celtics lost the fourth quarter 37-25 to 25, um, <clears throat> after being up by, what is this, 12, 13, 14, 15 through three. 15. Um so yeah, I mean, obviously not good. Right? Like, obviously not good. But at, at the end of the day, it was a technically a wire. Not technically, it was a wire to wire victory for the Celtics in this game, um, which is good. They, they good bounce jumped. back too, by the way. 
Yes, and they jumped on the the, the Bucks. You could tell from the start that they were all yes. in on winning. Everybody was hitting the glass. Like, That's how you know. You see <laughs> yeah. all the fellas like being like, "We got to get this rebound." You know they mean fucking business. Yes, agree, agree. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I'm still trying to find this Derek White clip while I keep talking. So this is a weird. Um, and I'm still going to look for this Derek Just White thing while we rebounds. go. But <clears throat> who got the rebound? Derek White. It was literally an air ball right to Derek White. You're right. You're right. Good call. Good call. Thank you. I, I've I've been trying to figure out what stat to look for for this. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I want to look at because I, I want to look at it because I, I want you know to show the audience and to get confirmation that I'm not crazy because <laughs> like you got you got pushed. Here it is. All right. <clears throat> I found it. Thank you for that. I did up. forget you got the ball afterwards. So this is the play that we were talking about. Um. So Brooke Lopez falls on Derek White. Also, first off, before we even get into the push, he intentionally fell on Derek yeah, White. Yeah, the man he could have rolled no to the side. He also could have rolled to the side here. He just lays on Derek White <clears throat> instead. And then watch this. Just shoves Derek White. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Show Giannis. Air ball. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's Bad. the ultimate ball don't lie moment. <laughs> Um, what I was going to ask, this is obviously not, this is going to sound like something I don't mean it to sound like. It's almost like the Celtics are too good for their own good because they, they, they jump teams. They will get up by 15 in the second quarter. And then <clears throat> I've listened to Joe Mazzullo talk about this. It's almost like the other team enters this survival mode where they are just doing whatever it takes to win. They're, they're abandoning, you know, sets they're abandoning you know their game plan they're just like okay we need a bucket we're going to do what we need to do to get a bucket we're going to fight for every offensive rebound we're going to go for steals we're going to play hard we're going to scrap <clears throat> and the celtics enter this you know we just want to stay ahead mode and and i don't even think it the effort's a problem at times i just think it's <clears throat> the other teams playing that style and they get jumped back and so it feels like obviously you want to keep that lead but there is that natural instinct and that natural feeling of you know just holding on it's like the celtics have built the, have climbed their way up this mountain like they like this is a terrible metaphor it's gonna sound so corny but it's like the celtics have climbed their way up this mountain right and they're just like hanging on the final ledge trying to get over but they're like taking a breath right because they're like oh, we just worked real hard we're take a breath and we're gonna do it meanwhile the other team is like bare hand like bleeding climbing their way up trying to stay doing whatever they can to get back in it and usually this and in years past the celtics have fully let it let it up and, and they let the other person win because they were you know taking a breather or whatever this year it feels like they've been able to finish the job more and i think that's what happened tonight like they found a way and they, they figured it out but i do think there is something to that and like this isn't an excuse right I just, I just think it's deeper than the Celtics aren't trying. I, I just think it's a, a natural mindset that they need to work harder to overcome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think they're not trying. I, I just think it's a, a natural thing to go up by a lot and be like, okay, we're okay. While the other team is in this complete opposite, like do whatever it takes mode. And, and, and I think that's a harder challenge to overcome. And it's not one that a lot of teams, if any, can overcome for an 82 game season every night. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, Milwaukee came out of the sure. half just absolutely ready to brawl. The defense was exactly. far more intense. They ripped off a quick 6 nothing run match with the Celtics 6 nothing run of their own to even it off. But 
it looked like it was going to be a rough start to the third quarter. I'm very happy with how they responded to that. And just, just with the fourth quarter, you you have far too much talent to be dicking around milking the clock. Just post up guys. If you really want to like, be like, we have a late game offense, which I'm not really sure how important that is for them. And maybe they should go away from it, but mm. they should lean into the post ups. I think Joe yeah. taking Kristaps out to end this game was a bit of a weird move. I know he had five fouls. I know they didn't want to get attacked. But, like, I don't know, man. That guy was excellent tonight offensively, and he's reliable from the post, and he's not an idiot. Like, I, I don't know. Thought he could have fit it. But also, Horford was good enough to be out there by himself. He was he was great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, sorry, the lights just started going off in this room, and I got scared. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here quick. <laughs> yeah, right? We'll wrap it up here quick. Um Last thing that I saw on Twitter, these are the top four in the Eastern Com- or in the NBA right now. Celtics, best record in the NBA. Then the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Magic, which is mm. just a fun image. And the Celtics have the Magic this Friday. Um, so keep an eye out for that game. Any final Must thoughts on win. the Celtics game, Sam? Any final thoughts on Celtics, Bucks? I wish they made it a complete womp so it could truly be the funniest game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Williams, yeah. I'll make both, is still at the top. But this was hilarious for three quarters. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I still think it was a solid win. You would like to see them finish it off more, but at, at least they they held on. And like you said, Tatum made a couple of big plays at the end. So I, I'm oh, not too upset. You got to work on it. Being but home. It's true. It's true. Big Shout win. out. Big win also. This is a big win, but we'll uh, we'll throw it over to our past selves for the rest of the show. All right. Thank you to Future Jack and Sam uh, for that lovely review of Celtics Bucks. Hopefully it was lovely and hopefully it wasn't, you know, these guys think uh, as they did against Charlotte. That, that'd be real cool if we could be back to the the good vibes. But uh, uh, I've seen some comments saying, Jack, I appreciate your, let me take him pop off the screen. Uh, I, I appreciate your um, awareness of future and past selves and the, the metaverse. And so I've, I've like embedded that into the topics now, whenever we throw it over. Time travel, things. dude. We got the multiverse going on on the podcast. <laughs> For real. But before the Celtics took on the box at practice, um, the morning of to Wednesday, excuse me, Drew Holiday spoke about playing the Bucks. I missed it because the first for the first time in forever, the Celtics decided to open the doors to practice early. And so I showed up at 11 oh. when the email said to show up, but they went at 1045, 1050. So I didn't hear Drew Holiday, uh, but luckily I got audio from uh, a friend of the show, Bobby Kravitsky. And I think it was Suichi Tarada of Mass Live uh, who posted a nice article uh, recapping all the quotes. So we have some of the best quotes from Drew Holiday talking about his former team. And spoiler, spoiler alert, excuse me, he doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> he doesn't really care that he's playing his former team. He was asked, you know, if there's a chip on his shoulder. He said, uh, no, I think what the, they got what they wanted, so I can't be mad at that. Warning would have been cool. <laughs> Other than that, I'm in the best place that I can to compete against them for a top team in the East. He said of his time in Milwaukee, it's been it was a good time. I won a championship. Made some friends, uh, made some family members. Uh, yeah, it'll always have a place in my heart. So, like, the the, the warning would have been cool parts a bit funny, but then he also just goes right into it. Hey, now I get to beat them. And so I, I think what you say, what you said stands true of that's what they all say. But if there's anybody who truly doesn't give a shit, it would be a guy like your holiday who's just – I mean, he's just like a vet. He's just a professional. He seems like one of the more professional guys in the league. So in his mind, he's probably just like, all right, whatever, on to the next. But – you have to imagine there'll be just like the smallest twinge of like, yeah, like fuck these guys. Let's get a win. See, I feel like Drew Holiday would not necessarily be the one 
to not care, at least with the circumstances. I agree with everything else, professional, vet, like he's been around a while, like he's been traded a couple times, and uh, he's been through it. But the man literally had an article come out the day before that was like, yo, I want to be here for my whole career. <laughs> and then it was like, hey, buddy, guess what? Get ready to pack your bags. Fortunately for him, uh, he was put into a situation where he was always going to be relocated and had the opportunity to join a very competitive team in the Celtics. So he didn't exactly get the Brogdon treatment where he was just kind of sent to the abyss or even Marcus for that matter, who's uh, wasting away in Memphis. As of now, they could turn it around, but who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, understandable from Drew Holiday though. But again, nobody's uh, every once in a while you get a, Hey, they fucked me, but it usually doesn't happen. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. Also when asked if the media makes too big a deal, of the you know former players or traded players playing for the former teams, he said a lot of the time, uh, most of the time, it's uh, it's not like I circled this one on my calendar or anything. I think this is a big game because Cat. of the two teams that are playing, because of the caliber of players that are there on the court and all that. That's what I would like for it to be about when we're playing against the Bucks, which I also understand. But uh, come on, you you had to know like <clears throat> the first time you played the Bucks, right? Like you had to know. You, this you was know coming. what's funny is. As the listeners are hearing us talk about this, like whatever his stat line is going to be has already been yeah. out into the world. Like in my head, I'm like, might have a monster Drew Holiday game tonight. Yeah. I mean, that is just who knows what happened. Would but be kind of sick if he just drops 50. It, it feels like it's coming. <laughs> He's had a little bit of a rough stretch at times. I mean, he had the missed free throws at the end of the Charlotte game, missed the little dunk against Toronto or Memphis, rather, Memphis, that yeah. almost, uh, cost them there but he's also had some really great moments throughout this season where he's just been rock solid and he really hasn't had a lot of times where it's been like oh drew holiday bad drew holiday negatively impacting the team but it does feel like he's due for a signature game we haven't gotten a signature holiday game yet we had a signature start i think against philly he got off to a really good start in the win mm. but yeah cool to see him cook those those boys in milwaukee or well it's here but you know. No, I know what you mean. Would be nice. Would be pretty cool. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think there was one more quote I had written down here. Um, oh yeah, and it was he. He was asked, you know, have you have other Celtics asked you about the Bucks' tendencies? He said a little bit. For the most part, though, while we walk through, I'm just trying to tell them this is what I see. This is what they like to do when we're running plays. Because, again, I'm pretty comfortable with how guys like to move and what they do. A little bit of questions, but more so just me going out there. I would be more intrigued. And it's not exactly the same because he didn't play with him. But Drew Holiday has like defended Damian Lillard extremely, like notably well throughout his career. Highlighted by a four-game sweep of the Blazers in the playoffs, I think in 2018. Where the, you know, <clears throat> the Pelicans just stomped them and Dame did nothing. And so that that's almost what I'm more intrigued to see. I, I am... I care less about um, Drew Holiday versus the Bucks. I care more about Drew Holiday versus Damian Lillard. And yeah, Sam just sent me a nice little message in our chat. We did forget to say Happy Thanksgiving. Happy I Thanksgiving. Tomorrow. I forgot tomorrow was Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was literally like thinking, I was like looking at the show. Show. I was like, oh, I wonder if we should do like a Thanksgiving food power rankings or something stupid at the yeah, end. We didn't say anything. And then we didn't even huh? mention it was Thanksgiving. So we're thankful for the viewers. We're very thankful for all of you. Uh, and yes, your Thanksgiving. I hope we get to be a part of it. I hope you listen today. I mean, if you're <laughs> hearing this, you're listening, but you know, 
Yeah, uh, I'll put it. You know, have you seen editing Jack? Have you ever seen that? I, I put it in sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, if you've seen I it. love editing Jack. <laughs> I'll Do put editing same, Jack. You in use there. the same picture every single yeah. time, right? You have a default <laughs> editing Jack, and you just look kind of out of it. Yeah, and this, I just I'm like sitting there like this, like an idiot. Uh, no, yeah, I'll I'll put an editing Jack in here saying we say it at nine minutes in or however long in it is when like the timestamp is. But yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That can be part of our ratless. We'll ratless Thanksgiving stuff, and We're we'll talk about literally this so stupid. Like <laughs> yeah. we've said it before, dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> oh man. Um, moving swiftly on, we'll talk about Thanksgiving later. Uh, a night, a great article might add from tim bontemps of the athletic that detailed the players only meeting ESPN. that was uh what did i say the athletic sorry tim bontemps i do of respect it though you know the athletic generally does have better content than espn <laughs> but tim bontemps did do great job on this piece shout out to him uh he detailed the players only meeting or like the players meeting i don't want to say players only meeting because that makes it sound like they're, they're the bulls but the the meeting that the celtics top six guys and joe Missoula had to start the season that sort of whittled down to what would be the starting lineup um and it, it, it kind of depicts how great of a leader tatum is in the way he brought them together i have i picked out some of the best quotes there's still more quotes in this in it than this so go read it if you haven't yet um, it's just, if you look up Celtics, you know, player meeting, whatever, you'll find it on Google. It's ESPN. Yeah. Come on. Um, but Tatum said, uh, of the meeting that they had, I wanted us to get in the room and talk about it. We're all human and have feelings. I opened the floor and basically said, there's six of us. Only five can play at one time. One of us is not going to finish the game all the time, whether it's fair or not. Me and JB are probably going to always start and always finish the game, but we have to be held to a different standard and be able to be coached differently. Whether it's KP and Al, one of you guys may not finish the game and you have to be okay with that. Um, and I think Keith put out a good tweet about this. I, I pull from Keith Smith NBA all the time because, like, I just I follow him and he so I just see his tweets. Very he does quite know, simply, does no ball. Friend Keith of the show, knows ball. So he tweeted out for all of the Celtics fans, you know, who who say Tatum doesn't lead well enough. Like, this is a great depiction of what he says when he means I don't lead like KG, but I lead in my own way. Like this, this is it. Yeah. This is what he means. And so shout out to Tatum. Um, it, like good and Porzingis talked about it. he said honestly I think that was a very important moment for us just to kind of look each other in the eye and know we're all here for one job to understand what we're all going to be um that we're all going to be willing to make some sacrifices um and so yeah I mean there's more that we'll talk about too but we'll, we'll pause there for a sec because I mean good for Tatum I, we, I think we talked about this when it first initially came out like the rumblings came out that they had this type of meeting Derek White joked he said you know my vote was for Tatum to come off the bench uh yeah. but like <laughs> I this is a good, uh, some good insight into what went down before the season, and I, I think a good reflection of how much this group is all in on winning above everything else. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It, it's definitely a pivotal moment in the season. Like, knock on wood, if they win a title this season, this will be part of the documentary. People will talk about this. They'll be like, before the season, like we had so much talent, had to go in there and figure out who's going to have what role, how everyone's going to get along, how everyone's going to mesh together, who's going to be on the floor at the end of the games, all of the things that we've discussed so far. And the important thing is how receptive everyone was to it. Like Horford ended up being the guy that has, I guess, taken the bullet and had to come off the bench and been less involved than normal, which I think at the end of the day is kind of low-key good just for longevity because he doesn't have to eat up extra minutes. And he's really on a, if he has it basis, versus 
having to be out there like a Tatum, like a Brown and being a key part of the rotation. I think it says a lot about the top six. Like you said, their commitment to winning. Porzingis is just happy to be here, dude. You could tell him he's, he's coming off the bench. He'd be like, all right, cool, cool. Yep, that's fine. As long as I don't have to lose games and tank. Uh, Drew Holiday definitely comes in with a chip on his shoulder. I'm not backing down off that, despite him being like, I don't really care. He obviously wants to win. He joined the Celtics in the offseason team with high aspirations. He wants to be able to contribute to that. And Derek White, the shapeshifter, the man. Maybe Do we need to give him a, a, a nickname? Do we which which Derek uh White? which villain oh, Jesus which which <laughs> shape shifting villain should we nickname him after? Should he be the chameleon or should he be Clayface? Now I don't know if you could tell me which superhero either of those guys <laughs> is associated with. Oh wait, wait, that's a good game. Hold on, let me guess. Is uh, chameleon? He's not Batman. Clay, I I've heard of Clayface. Okay, is Clayface Batman? Clayface is a Batman villain. Okay. And Chameleon is a Spider-Man villain. Spider-Man. They're essentially okay. the same guy. They they are like ability is that they can disguise themselves as whoever they need to be. See, to I was finished their huge um Justice League guy as a kid. Like I, I had the uh you know, remember those portable DVD players you could bring in yeah. the car? Yeah. Whenever we went to my grandma's house, I brought the like the what is it just the original Justice League? What was it was like the cartoon? Yeah, where it was like a um, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're not cartoon, but like the animated Justice League. Like it's a cartoon. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. But like that, I had those DVDs, and I would watch them like over and over and over again. The one where yeah. it'd be like the, their dome, like the villain's dome, like rose up from the swamp and shit, and they were in there talking. Like, all of evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever it was. That's that's what I watched as a kid. So I I rec I feel like that's maybe where I recognize some of those names from. But yeah, you know what's Sorry. wild is that when we were kids, Jesus. Uh <laughs> what? What happened? I've never said that before in my life when, when we, we were kids. Yikes. My God. You're old. Um <laughs> that we would have that though, like where when we went away, we would only have certain episodes of things that we could watch. Yeah. Like I watched yeah. like the same two Jimmy Neutron episodes on my uh, yeah. PSP if I was away from the house. Yeah. Or SpongeBob. I remember on, you know the man. show you know the show Good Luck Charlie. I don't know if you yeah. can hear me, but um they they were like the first show to like release stuff on Apple. So they their like premiere sh- like first ever like pilot episode was released on Apple for like five bucks. And I remember getting on my, my iPod touch. I like downloaded it. I'm like, Oh, this is the first episode. I watched it like, yeah, this. It's like a an cool idiot. thing, <clears throat> but yeah, now everything's just out there. Uh, okay, Wait, any, which anyways, name do we want to give him? You have more, uh, you have more pull than me. You just drop it. I like, I like the chameleon better. I like the chameleon better. Cla- Clayface sounds too. If some, like if somebody doesn't get the reference, it sounds mean. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't think that fits Derek Wise though. I, li- I like the chameleon. I'll back it. I'm yeah, maybe maybe a Celtics stuff. blog article. Maybe I'll do it. I I owe uh literally every site we I we need write to get back something. on the um yeah we do. How about them Celtics? It'll happen. So maybe that'll be the thing. But uh yeah I agree. I mean it's it's great to hear them talk about that. And and Drew Holiday was a big part of that sacrifice. Al Horford said I've just been really impressed by Holiday's commitment to the team. What we're trying to do, you can already tell he's a no excuse type of guy. It's a lot when he's had to go through and relocation and get used to a new environment. And we're asking a lot out of him. Porzingis said, I came out of that meeting and my respect for him grew. 
I told him right away his demeanor in that meeting. He said it and he meant it. And we all knew that he meant it because this is holiday offering to come off the bench. Um, and being an NBA champion, and just having all that experience and just coming into a new team, one of the biggest rivals and being like that, it set the standard for everybody else. So to hear holiday, a guy like that, like make that offer. And Joe Missoula ultimately decided it was going to be Horford instead of holiday, which we talked about, I think was for the best for all parties involved because spoiler alert, Celtic starting five, Derek White, your holiday, the Jays and Porzingis has been fucking gross. <laughs> like when it's been on the court, like it's been very good. Um, I, I think just the offer alone, like the sentiment, like it's almost when like, uh, remember when we were talking about the other day, it was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll always pay on the first date, but the offer is nice to hear. Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Gesture. There's a whole curve episode about you know, the empty gesture. That said, takes Larry up on it and it's horrible yeah, for Larry. Well, that's what I said. I think this was more than an empty gesture from holiday. Like I think he truly would have been okay coming off the bench, which is like, that's a big deal to hear from a guy like Drew holiday, which is again, good vibes to start the season. It is definitely very good vibes. And I'll tell you what is we were talking about poor Zingas and how effective the lineup has been with him. White holiday in the Jays guy at the coffee shop today. Talking to me loves poor Zingas. <laughs> mm-hmm. He well. To, to the guy's credit, like Porzingis has been probably the best no, he's been version good. of Porzingis we've ever seen. Tingus Pingus, baby. Yes, sir. But the guy, he was pumped about Porzingis. He was like, that guy stays house, healthy. Watch out. As I agree. I, had, I, had I agree. Up on, so he, he knows. He knows all about this. <laughs> Last couple quotes we'll pick up on from the article. Go read it. Tim Bontemps, ESPN. Tatum said, this is... This was a time where if you're not okay with it, let's talk about it. I didn't want everybody to, before the season started, say, yeah, I'm fine with it, whatever. And then we'll lose a couple games and then things build up. It offered us a time to all be on the same page and express that we're okay. It was a great meeting. Porzingis said, I think we want to be the team that we envision ourselves to be. I think that was a key moment for us just to start off the season with the right mindset and right responsibility to each other. And so as much as before the season we talked about, you know, oh, what's the starting lineup going to be? Are they going to be upset? Like, it does really feel like these guys are, we are on the same page. This is, we're good, whatever happens. And uh, yeah, so. All right. Well, the next thing we have is something, it's it's definitely too early in the season to talk about it. But on the show, we are presented with content and we talk about content. And so that's what we're damn going to do. Them's the rules. <laughs> Them's are the rules. Um, Zach Buckley of Bleach Report. A big, honestly, a friend of the program at this point, which how much we, we used his content this summer. Shout out Zach Buckley. Respect. Came up with an article. Three trade targets for the Celtics to consider before rumor mill picks up. So we're going to go over them all. But before we do that, I the question I ask you is, do the Celtics need to make a trade this season? Uh, don't know yet. <laughs> Too I, well, soon to tell. My stance is... Every problem I could potentially envision them having outside of, you know, the knock on wood injury or stuff that you can't predict can be solved with a guy that's, you know, deeper in the roster. We saw Peyton Pritchard can step up and be a scorer when he needs to be. Um, they I know they lost that game, but it wasn't his fault. He did everything he could. He played a great game. Um, I think Luke Cornett's actually been really solid in his minutes. He's setting good screens. He, he's getting offensive agree. rebounds. <clears throat> he's um, he's playing solid defense. Nimi Nimish Keita didn't show you much. But you know the talent is there from what you saw in the preseason. O'Shea Brissett's been very impactful in his minutes. Sam Hauser is stepping up. I just wrote about him for Celtics Block today and his defense. Like any problem that 
I think the Celtics could have can be solved by somebody deeper on their bench. The only, only thing I might say, okay, maybe you go out and look for this is either a third string center or a third string guard. But I think the issue is nobody you trade for is going to be guaranteed minutes. And so you, you can't risk ruining the vibes for somebody that's not going to play minutes. That that's my thing. I agree. I, I think that's a good take. You really, It's tough to shake things up with a trade. Personally, you know me, Jack. I hate a trade. I really do. I, I'm very hesitant to ever be like, yes, they should make a trade. In the summer, I was in hell because that's all we really had. <laughs> um, but, I mean, these guys on the list from Buckley are not overly impressive. Let's Did get they, into them then. Yeah. Let's get into like, them. So, we've got... first one, Precious Achua, Raptors. Now. Sam, the Celtics have played the Raptors twice in the past couple weeks. They sure have. Precious Achua has not done much for me. <laughs> he has not. He, he definitely has not. The one thing I know Precious Achua for is that he is one of the most inefficient big men in the NBA. <laughs> oh, no, Jack. He's better this year. He's shooting 45% from the field, 23% from deep, which isn't, it's still not good. But two years ago, he was shooting under 44% from the field. And he doesn't shoot well from the free throw line either. And so his, what is it? Effective, no, not effective field goal percentage. Why am I being stupid right now? His true shooting percentage was, his true shooting percentage this year is 50.1. <laughs> for for context, who, who's a guard? Who, who's an inefficient guard? Trey Young. His is probably worse right now. But 50.1 for Precious Achua. Trey Young is at true shooting 56.3. So he is shooting 50% worse true shooting than Trey Young. Oh, boy. <laughs> and a lot of that is Trey Young is a good free throw shooter, but still, like, not very efficient for a big man. Um, I did not realize no. they included free throw percentage in that. True shooting, yeah. It's everything. That's good. True shooting is a measure of shooting efficiency that accounts for two-point field goals, three-point field goals, and free throws, yeah. How but, many threes a game does pressure that you would take? You want to guess? I think he takes three. 1.9, actually. That's not as bad as I thought. <clears throat> okay, that's that's more acceptable. And he shoots what from three? 23, 23.5%. Probably should be taking zero threes a game. No, well, my thing is he shot 36% his first year there. Uh, 31.6. He shot 36% his first year in Toronto. And so they know he has the ability, ability excuse me, to make threes. And so if you know that, you still got to shoot the open ones. And so... He has like he's taken about two a game for the past three seasons, which is like fine. Two two out of your seven shots or threes, like fine. He just he doesn't move move me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just meh. Like he's just I, I'm not in on Preston. Is he shooting. better than Luke Cornett? <sighs> Probably, but not for the Celtics. If that makes sense. When you yeah, factor no, in Luke knowing the system, so sense. Luke Cornett has chemistry with these guys. This year, like you said already, he has played pretty well. Like, yeah, everyone was hating on the man coming in the year. Nimi was the shiny new object. Obviously, he had the the, the foot problem, so he was out for the first ten games. Made yeah. his season debut. He was he was like fine. Like he was whatever, fine to below average. Cornette has had some very impactful moments this year. He had a couple big baskets against Philly in the Philly. win. Uh, he's been a good screen setter, like you mentioned. He just works with these guys. If you want me to be honest, if you want me to pinpoint a change that I would like to see within Boston's big man rotation, 
not necessarily with the rotation, but I'd like to see them try and unlock Cornette a bit and have him hmm. shoot a three once in a while. He can that, do it. That's what I'm saying. His Celtics been, debut yes. against OKC was a monster game where he impact. He had a big second half. He made a couple threes. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with you. I he can I do it. I don't know. They have everybody else do it. Why can't he do it? That Sam. I think he's good around the basket, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I know that, listen, play to the strengths. He's pretty good at finishing around the cup. But also, why not? Why not have him sit in the corner once in a while? Especially if it's a garbage time blowout. Give me – what is Cornette shooting on attempts? Like, what what are his three-point attempts as a Celtic? Entire Like, total? Yeah. Like, Like, average. Average per game. I should per really game basketball reference Hopefully. per game as a Celtic. No, I got you. I, I'm 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 strapped with it. Per game as a Celtic, he averages 0.5 a game uh, in total through his entirety of his time with the Celtics. He has attempted 53 threes and he shot 12 of 53. So not very good, but he's also not looking for them as much. But <clears throat> I agree. He can I mean, shoot threes. I'm not saying take a bunch, but like if you're open, take them. Cornette spent two seasons with the Knicks. First two NBA seasons. Yeah. In 2017-18, he shot just under one and a half per game, made 35%. Next year, he shoots one and a half per game. Oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. My bad. My bad. He shot four a game Mm. in his first season, 4.2 in the second season. First season, 35.4%. Second season, 36.3%. Since then, percentage has declined. Make no mistake. But he can do it. He can make these shots. There's no reason a team like the Celtics that is so three-point centric, they have made it such a big part of their identity, which whether you think it's a problem, don't think it's a problem, it's a it's a fact. That's what they do. They shoot threes. They could probably yeah. make the most of the Cornette minutes by allowing him to at least have some freedom with that. Your spacing would be better. Why not? I know I know you said I'm spitting, so you're not gonna really have much to argue, but <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I don't think he should necessarily be taking like a million threes, but I, I think splice the floor. Let, let him let him cook a little bit. I, I I'm I'm in on Cornette. We let were high on Cornette podcast. I agree. Um the next guy is a big man, Andre Drummond, a guy we've talked about before. Greatest rebounder of all time. <laughs> this is true. I will say also about Presses Achua because it also applies to Andre Drummond. Both fit into the TPE, so they could potentially be oh, low-risk guys. It doesn't free. matter anyways. If you get them for free, both are in the final years of their respective contracts. So it, it wouldn't be like you're giving up a ton um, for a guy who might not be here. You're giving up what, a couple seconds at most for two guys that maybe play, maybe don't. So I'd be in on either of them for that price. That said, if I had to pick, I'd lean Achua over Drummond just because I feel like he's a bit more athletic, a bit more switchable on defense. For for as bad as he is on offense, he's also going to be asked to do a lot less and, and asked to do things in a much more defined role in the Celtics. I wouldn't hate Drummond. But he's just kind of a traffic cone. Like, like And I don't think the Celtics want that on defense. Like I think Lou Cornette is a better perimeter defender than Andre Drummond. I'll put it that way. And he's not a great perimeter defender. So I wouldn't hate Andre Drummond, but I would rather press his precious Achua to the point where I'd rather give up two seconds for Achua than one second for Drummond. And I know seconds don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But like, I- I'm just saying seconds I would rather get, I know I- I'd rather give up a little bit more and get Achua than give up like next to nothing. You get Drummond. That- that's my point. Yeah. I think it was you that told me that 
Drummond is like actually a good locker room presence, despite all these teams he's been a part of being dog shit. So I remember that. Maybe I did say it. I say a lot of things. I don't know. <laughs> You're gonna catch me out. I I believe it. Like I mean, he is a vet, and he does seem like a nice enough person. And I remember a, a speech he had where he was like. Listen, I know as much as anybody, I went from a max guy wanting max money to on a minimum, like right away, like you got to take what you can get. You got to fight for what you get in the NBA. So like, I, I do think he is like a well-respected player at the very least. And pe- like he, he gets yeah. along with people Best at this point, ever. but I don't know. Um, Last guy on Zach Buckley's list, DeLon Wright in the ugliest jersey in NBA history on the Washington Wizards. So bad. This is the problem with this idea because if they all fit into the TPE, DeLon Wright would be my favorite. You bring him in. He can play if you need some defense. Does not fit into the TPE, though. He makes $8.1 million, meaning you would have to trade either, like, four of your minimum salary guys, i.e. Lamar Stevens, Steve Mikhailu, Delano Benton, and, like, <clears throat> O.J. Brissett, or trade for a guy into the TPE, wait 60 days, then match it, or include Peyton Pritchard. At that point, I don't think getting DeLon Wright for any of those combinations is worth it. So, I like DeLon Wright, but not for what it would take to get him. Not having the best season. I think that might no. be because he's being asked to almost exclusively. He's hurt right now. Threes. I believe. He's also hurt well, right now, I believe. Percentages are bad. No, yeah. He's also out on November 11th, four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. So he is Ooh, that's inactive sad. right now anyways. but Speedy recovery. Um, also maybe, not. Not. maybe you don't want to play with Jordan Poole. Whatever you would yeah, prefer is on right. I hope it's the best for you. Also, the last um, trade thing, not Zach Buckley, but I know you put it on here and I didn't see it yes. too. Bill Simmons and Kevin O'Connor talked about Alex Caruso. I also haven't listened to it yet, but I did know they brought it up. And I'm going to say what we've said a million times when we brought him up. Would, I would love Al- hard. Yeah, would love Alex would Caruso. Hard. Would be yeah. very diff- <laughs> would just be very difficult to figure out a way to trade for him, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but I would like Alex Caruso. Um, all right, let's check in with our emails here uh, and see what people have to say. I believe we only have two today, so a light day for the emails, but we can check in regardless and see what shocker our boy RJ has to say. All right, let's pop in time for a glass half full take. This is one day ago, 1 p.m. Excuse me on the Celtics off day. Morning, gents. I am happy to win the wheel of popcorn and we'll give you and uh, them a report on how we like the product when it arrives. Perfect. I just shot you another email, RJ. So if you haven't seen it yet, check your email. Um, we need some information. Blah, blah, blah. By the way, this got long and I made it into a fan post on Celtics blog. I did plug both your writing on the pod. The legend. Hey, what a piece. Uh, the Charlotte game sucked extra hard for Celtics basketball nerds mm. like us because it hit all the 2023 PTSD triggers. I won't list them because that would suck. I'm going to mm. follow my own advice uh, about achieving greatness and not do the things that suck. Let's look at mitigating factors and upsides from the game without trying to be a P- Pollyanna-ish about it. Do I know this word? Am I stupid? Um, uh, anyways... <laughs> Mitigating factors, two big ones. The obvious one is that the Seas were, quote, down to only four All-NBA guys in their starting lineup and none off their bench. No White, no Horford. Uh, no Horford does impact the team. The less obvious factor was this was the Celtics' fourth road game in six days. With coupled with janky itinerary, Philly to Memphis to Toronto to Charlotte aren't long distances, but it's not a New York to Brooklyn to D.C. to Philly jaunt. Positives, Peyton Pritchard was taking and making a shot. He was hustling on defense and rebounding and trying to get other people involved. He was being a good teammate like he has all year, and finally the basketball gods rewarded him with points to go along with other stats sheet sheet stuffers wow 
Another positive, Coach Missoula using more of his bench guys for extended stretches. At the start of the fourth quarter, the lineup was Hauser, Pritchard, Cornette, Brissett, Mikhailu. I'm pretty sure this is me, you know, interjecting to Arja here. I'm pretty sure Missoula benched the starters because they weren't playing with effort, which is like good for Missoula because they were kind of shit. Uh, back to RJ for the five minutes they played together. They outscored the Hornets 10 to eight and were almost uh, even in rebounding five to six and even on offensive rebounds. The bus one boys and new bus boys <clears throat> showed they can hoop during real game situations. More True. good good news, but it may take a moment to see it. Tatum Brown, Holiday and Porzingis all wanted the ball. All of them know they can be the man. All of them have been the man that times the seasons and they had the winners winners mentality of I know I can get this done for my team all the way through the game. What they need to embrace, just like the 2008 team needed to figure out, is how to translate that away from hero ball into playing the beautiful game. That's why, even though it was an ugly possession in many ways, the final shot in regulation had a seed of hope because JT passed an open hauser. I cannot recall the last time Tatum dished off rather than forcing an attempted game winner. For all the analytics that get thrown around, basketball is still played by human beings with human reactions. Whether it's one star being asked to blend in with other stars, bench players being asked to play at the level of a starter, or stars learning how to view bench players as peers and not the supporting cast, those adjustments all come with an emotional component that has to be addressed honestly and respectfully by the coaches, the players, the media, and even us fans. Be well, RJ. Can I just say, like, I had to cough that whole time, so I'm very proud that I didn't wow. give you guys what you that, that that was like a, yeah. a big one for me. But yeah, um, thank you, RJ. Sam, thoughts on the positives you mentioned? Uh, I think a lot of them are very valid. I was impressed with the benches play to start the fourth quarter in Charlotte. I was almost certain that they had sealed the game. Uh, I was so certain that I placed a $5 bet on the Celtics to lose and I made a hundred dollars. <laughs> so that says how much I really have faith in them. Uh, I, I, I agree with the 2023 PTSD. Um, I do think there's extreme value in all of those guys having confidence enough to take the final shot and be the guy with the ball. I think your best bets for reliability or, or I don't even know what the right word is. Mm. I just, the confidence I have in them is Tatum and Porzingis because they're more under control. I don't really want to see Brown having to try and create a shot. He hasn't proven to be overly comfortable with the ball still just might not ever be part of his game. Uh, Holiday hasn't been a massive score for Boston either, but I do respect him as a veteran and we've seen him make big plays before he had a winner against the Celtics in game three in 2022. I want to say, or at least he made the shot to seal the game for Milwaukee, something like that. It was a drive down the lane shot and uh, mm-hmm. good job by him, even though it hurt at the time, but yes, <laughs> great. I just want to see more low post play down the stretch. It worked, um, worked back against who was it? Am I tripping Toronto when they ran the back to back post ups? Uh, I don't remember exactly. One of those games. I remember, I remember they went to the post and Tatum went to the post at the end of the Grizzlies game, got a shot, and that was like the possession before the Drew Holiday missed on. So that's what I'm thinking of. I believe they probably did in the Raptors game as well. They've done it a lot at the end of games this year. Porzingis has done it. Um, he did it against maybe it was Toronto. I, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Continue. Sorry. I understand. But anyways, I've said it before. That's just the most controlled, slowed down way that they can draw extra defenders to create openings for the rest of the team. You saw Tatum getting three guys looking at him at times throughout the course of this road trip when he would post up. If you're late in the game, Take that. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Hauser open three at the end of the game, he got a double posting up at the three-point line, Tatum, and Hauser wound up getting a decent look. Just do that lower because your options will be better. Mm-hmm. You can take a fadeaway over two guys on the low block. I trust Tatum to do that. 
but it also makes it so much harder on the defense. Keep rolling with that. It works. It's the difference between this year's team and last year's team. They've actually won close games, even if they've been bad enough to be in a close game. I saw somebody on Reddit talk about that. Somebody posted like Sully's overtime record the last two seasons is like four and 10 or something like that. And someone made a pretty good point where it was like the Celtics are only going to overtime in games that they are not bodying teams in. Meaning for the Celtics to be in a dogfight, usually it means they're not playing very well. Yeah. Because the Celtics are just better than a lot of these teams, right? Yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of us do get uneasy when the game's close, because you just know they're not in a great um, position because they haven't played well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. I think we have one more email from RJ. Uh, Again, comment what's popping on the video to get some popcorn. (laughs) RJ with a Thanksgiving email. What's popping? Turkey Turkey Day gratitude. Excuse me. Afternoon, fellas. Time to give Matt the Rat a day off, steal an idea from Celtics Lab, and do a quick Celtics-related uh, take on Celtics-related things I'm grateful for as we slide into Festival of Food. I was on that Celtics Lab episode, so I'll... I'll you know what's funny? Is I had this urge inside of me to be like, I actually want to list everything I hate about the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Suppress it. <laughs> Suppress it. Since I'm a longtime fan of Agate teams and Summer League stars, uh, Agate-type items and Summer League stars, my list might be a little off the beaten path. We like it. One, Matt Reynolds, the Celtics' own Green Lantern, has been indispensable in helping the team challenge calls wisely and extra helping of stuffing to the master of video of the video tablet. <clears throat> Drew Carter, following a Celtics legend, is never easy, but Drew has slid into the lead broadcaster seat with graciousness, good humor, and a real excitement for the game and the franchise. Bad puns and great nicknames I still love preseason P are icing in what already is a flavorful cake. I hope he still sticks around for a while. Drew, your choice of cranberry sauce, canned or homemade. Namish Keita. Nimi has played all of one regular season game for the Celtics, but he is getting Portuguese basketball fans excited. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he seems like an excite, uh, genuinely nice person. How about some <laughs> paste de Bacalhau? RJ, you set me up for failure there, bro. Uh, salt cod fritters for a taste of home. <clears throat> the staffers at Basketball Reference and SpotTrack.com. Shout out to Keith Smith, friend of the pod. Yes. If you love stats, transactions, and contract data, these are the sites for you. Going all the way back in NBA history, if the data is available, they pretty much comp- compiled it in a tidy, consistent format. Great references to use before shooting one's mouth off on the internet. A tall beverage of your choice for these fine folks. The original Bus One Boys, Sam, Luke, and Peyton have each endured additional scrutiny from the fan base as they step into larger roles with the team, and they have all delivered. They have also shown a willingness and ability to work uh, with their successors, Lamar, Delano, Sfee, and O'Shea, to help them develop their games and contribute to the Celtics ethos. Y'all get to go first in line on the dessert table. Pete Rogers, yes. The great thing about Celtics winning as much as they do is we get to see more of Pete's stunning and inspired design work uh, on his alternate set. Boston basketball jerseys like uncertain uh excuse me unlike certain victory goddess shoe companies uh Pete never mm. phones it in a drumstick for Pete which he will incorporate into his neck design most likely and then lastly the HBTC community any creative endeavor can be can have the joy 
joy choked out of it by its own fandom. The lovely wackos who tune into the podcast and contribute comments are clever, compassionate, and just plain fun to discuss Celtics basketball with. For all of y'all, here's to several cases of whipped cream. Go crazy. We appreciate you. Finally, right. I have to say, oh, I don't, I don't want to read something. I'll read it. Like, I'll read it. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finally, I have to say a special thank you to Sam and Jack for all the effort and good humor you put into HBTC. There are lots of outlets that will tell me about trade rumors or plus minus breakdowns. You two share stories about Duke, do calorie counting as a quiz show, as well as laugh and groan about our favorite NBA franchise. Y'all are nuts to do this, but it's the right kind of nuts. I hope it continues to be fun for you and uh, for a long time to come. Thank you, RJ. We very much appreciate it. We appreciate yeah. everyone that <laughs> listens to the show. Jack and I do have a blast doing it. We don't really get sick of each other, and it's a ton of fun because, I mean, <laughs> People people say it like they can tell like we get along like we are good friends so um, it's yeah. really a lot of fun to do a show with Jack and be a part yeah. of it. I'm thankful for you too, Sam. I appreciate you. I I <laughs> sorry I get I get uncomfortable reading like compliments about myself. So thanks. For, no, no, I got uh, you. That for you me. need comment. It, listen, you want to talk about compliments? <laughs> I mean, I kind of nailed the read. I felt like I was back on the news <laughs> for a second reading the teleprompter. Speaking of the news, RJ closed with Happy Turkey Day, everyone. And to paraphrase the classic line from WKRP in Cincinnati, as God is my witness, I thought Sam Hauser could fly. Do you know that line? I only know it because RJ commented. The oh, original no. line is uh the original line is as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. He's <laughs> just like being an idiot on the news. Be Anytime well, I hear uh as God is my witness, I just think of Jim Rosh saying that man is broken in half, like when Nick <laughs> Foley gets thrown off the cell. Yeah, electric. Uh, but thank you, RJ. We appreciate you, as always, with the email. And uh, we can move swiftly into our NBA section of the pod. Um, once we get big enough, I feel like those email sections might just have to be their own videos. We might just have to rip them off. As sell- How about them Celtics mailbags? Mail <laughs> I feel fun. like we should call it something else, though, because everyone says mailbag. I know, but the issue is then... People look like they see mailbag and they know immediately what it is. So as we hey, can get community chat round table, we'll, we'll brainstorm. You got ideas we'll for us? You let us know, or maybe just <laughs> we call it a what's popping video. It's true. Um, let's check in with the in season tournament standings. I know the Pacers were the first team ever to clinch a spot in the quarterfinals. Hell yeah! Lakers were fo- close to follow them. Pistons, Wizards, Jazz, Blazers, Grizzlies, Spurs, all eliminated. Yep. Uh, Celtics would clinch a berth in the next round of the season tournament with a win on Friday against the magic. Um, but yeah, uh, Pacers are in Bucks and Celtics, both two and no heat also two and no. Um, are they in the Bucks group? I believe they yes, are. They are in Milwaukee's yes. group and those two teams play each other in the final group stage game. So yeah. massive popcorn game fire. Uh, we have reached the point where I think the in season tournament is starting to become fun. <clears throat> It's officially fun. Like I'm, I'm looking around. I mean, listen, I had the league pass open on Saturday last week. Yeah. Fire or Friday. It was fire. Yeah. Technically it was Saturday for me because it was so late, but (laughs) I'm in, I'm in. You're going to have meaningful games early in the season. This is Adam Silver's vision. Despite him being a war criminal, it works. (laughs) These games are fun. Uh, you saw the Sixers game yesterday. The crowd was into it. Pat Bev hits a, ga- a go-ahead shot in regulation. Then, of course, Garland knocks down a pair of free throws and uh, Philly loses in overtime. But yep. people people care, man. People care. Just get rid of the courts. Get rid of the jerseys. Also, shout out to Worldwide Wob, who does uh, – every single day he does a league pass slate. He gives a rating for all the games. And then as an attachment to that, 
he rates the best jersey matchup of the day. So not only has Worldwide Wob defended the wall, deducted three points every single time a team wears white on the road, which is horrible, never should happen. Mm. And I mean, there's just always so many different options where you just don't have to resort to that because, you know, they only have a zillion jerseys. But he has also now implemented a minus three point deduction for the score if a team wears the city edition jersey. Yeah, respect, Go. respect. Did he put his out today? Uh, jersey I matchup looked yet. Jersey matchup of the day today: Suns city edition versus Blazers traditional home whites. Uh, this was, obviously, was or this was yesterday. Yeah, I don't see it today then. <clears throat> but anyways, does he do the worst matchup of the day, or does he always do? No, the, he does the best. the best. Damn, if that's the best, it was a one point four. He's the goat. Bad. Worldwide Wob is the online NBA goat. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Shout out to him. Um, let's see, what's next? Uh, I think that covers Vegas in season close, tournament. Jack. We're getting Vegas there. This is close. We're gonna get there. We're we're gonna we're gonna start caring about these Celtics game. If if they get to the quarterfinals, that quarterfinals game is to be very important for the two of us because we have tickets to the Eastern Conference cool. semifinal for the in season tournament. The question yeah. is. Celtics going to be there or not would be pretty cool if they're there, but uh, let's check in with the rest of the NBA standing, see what's going on around the league. Now um, rockets are back on the downturn. They've lost three in a row. Oh, the no. warriors. Yeah. The warriors just picked it up. They've won their last game, but before that they were in a losing streak. They're sub 500 right now. It's a weird game. there. thunder have won five in a row. They've shot up to third in the West. They're 10 and four on the season. Them and the T-Wolves have been two of the biggest surprises this year. The Nuggets are obviously up there as well. The Kings just lost, but they're 8-5, still playing pretty well. Lakers and Suns have won three and four in a row, respectively. And then down at the bottom, Spurs and Blazers on nine and eight game losing streaks, respectively. Not very good in either of those places. Um, Although I think Scoot's coming back for the the Blazers soon, but not good. I thought Scoot to the G League to, to rehab. Yeah, yeah. I think he's getting healthy again, so he's he's rebooting there. But not not very good out west. Some some weird funky stuff Pistons. going on. Chat the Thunder. Twelve in a row. Did you say <laughs> yeah. Pistons twelve in a row? I, I haven't gotten to the East yet. Oh Pistons have lost twelve in a row. Not good. Wizards lost six in a row. But nobody else in the East is really struggling mightily. Hawks have lost three. Nets two. But outside of that, it's a lot of middling stuff. Bucks have won five in a row. Magic have won four in a row. The Magic are on a ridiculous surge right now, and uh, they're just clamping up is what's happening in Orlando, which is, you know, respect. They I are will say this. <clears throat> yes. It's exciting to see the teams that are ready to take the leap, actually starting to take the leap like Orlando, Indiana, and OKC in particular, are all teams going into the season. I think at least the two of us were like, Hey, might actually be good. The thunder was a very popular one. We can't be like, it's always kind of Orlando. We can't be like, Hey, we're the only ones that knew about this, but I feel like we were both kind of on the Halliburton Pacers last year. Yeah. And then he got hurt and they fell off and everyone kind of forgot about them, but they're here and they're already mm-hmm. on to the quarterfinals in that in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of for real. Knicks. And then not that good. Knicks. shout out to the magic and the thunder as well. Cause they're four and zero in their last four games and they're doing it with defense over the last four games, magic defensive rating one Oh two, two thunder 99, five defensive rating last four games. They're clamping up <clears throat> shout out to them, which players are playing well over the last five games. Cause I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll we're doing recent stuff here. We record, you know, close enough in proximity to where it matters. Um, last five games, uh, player stats. Sorry, I need to switch over here. I just got a Slack message and it completely threw me off because like it took my eyes elsewhere. Happens. But, getting yeah, Slack last... messages, getting emails. 
Threw me off. Last five games, Kevin Durant is killing it. 33 points, shooting ridiculously efficient. Uh, LaMelo Ball also on fire, as Celtics fans know. Um, any other guys that pop out as, as having great stretches here that wouldn't usually be there? Uh, Alperin Shangoon is averaging 25, 9, and 5 over the last five man. games, but they're losing. So that's not too great. Uh, Bam is playing well. Jonte Murray is having a heater of a season. Good for him. Duncan Robinson's averaging 22 points over the last five games, shooting 58% from three and the My heat four and one. So he is back. That <clears throat> is, that's some cr- crazy, crazy efficient shooting from Duncan Robinson. That's Grant Williams bubble playoffs esque. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what have you been noticing, Sam? Anything you want to talk about while I respond to this message? Uh, Bulls bad. Bulls very, very bad. They need to blow it up. And I know we're going to get into that. Um, very sad to see my Pistons struggling. I couldn't have seen this coming. It felt like they were due for a little bit of a bounce this season, at least to to be respectable. But man, oh man, 2-13. and 13. It's very painful to see. It was a little encouraging. They were 2-3. and three. They were 2-3. and three. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. They were 2-1. and one. Yeah, the Pistons got off to an okay start. And then they just fucking shit themselves. Not great. But uh, yeah, I'm checking everything else. I think that covers around everything I, w- I wanted to talk about. Um, brief, brief segment just before we get into the last things. If you had to pick one, the guy that's going to be like on the cusp of the All Star, like Tyrese Maxey, I think will be an All Star this year. Do Sam's Sam's all-star of the season. It doesn't have to be an all-star player. The guy you are like, like this season, the guy you're I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't even have to be, they'll make the all-star team. It can be like fucking, you know, pulling a random name out of my ass. Like Santiago Domic killed the Celtics. Like, yeah, fucking he's great. You know what I'm saying? Like it can be a role player. It can be anything. Like who's a guy you're like, yeah, this is sick. I like this guy. Uh, I'm a fan of Shingun. Okay. Yeah. Respect. I, I think he's a good pick because I think he's someone that might actually get like respect for the All Star game. I don't know if he'll get in, but everyone will be like, "What about him?" You know, you have to, you have to. He'll get the honorable mention, or that guy has to be in the conversation, which is the stupidest thing ever. I hate the <laughs> in the conversation. Are you really in the conversation if someone has to like shoehorn you in that way? Yeah. That's like the equivalent of being a fun team. <laughs> Other guys, I mean, I'm a big fan of Halliburton, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, just going. You know who? Rudy Go Gobert could be an All Star this year. Like genuinely, he is playing sure. so fucking well. He is sure. averaging this season twelve points, uh, twelve rebounds, two point two blocks. But like his um, what's it called? His defensive field goal percentage. Like what players are shooting against him? Let me let me find it here, just because it is like it is like what the fuck? <laughs> that is it's that level of good against Rudy Gobert. Players are shooting. 42.5%. And he's like a center. So like that, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Uh and for what it's worth, another guy in the conversation, Drew Holiday, players are shooting sub 40% against him. Nuts. I saw that great stat from Drew. Excellent work. Crazy. Another but- guy I'm pulling for, obviously this is this is like whatever, but I I'd like to see Murray get the All-Star nod and the All-NBA nod so we can get yeah. paid in Denver. Uh, he's out right now. He's hurt, which actually mm. could cost him some money. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but I'm pulling for him, and I'm pulling for OKC, too. I think it's uh-huh. time for them to return to being decent. Mm-hmm. Last guy, and it's on your team, Asar Thompson. Dude, 
<laughs> that guy's fucking Good nuts. Start for him. He's a six. What is he? How tall is Sar Thompson? Six he seven. Is six seven. He's six six. You know he's averaging this season? No, I don't. Eleven point three points, ten point one rebounds, and three point two assists. One point one steals. One point seven blocks. That's yeah. fucking insane. That's a guy. I think it's kind of sad that he's in Detroit, even though I'm like pulling for them because they've been bad for too long. Because if he, let's say yeah. it would never happen, it would never, never happen just because the way the draft was this year and how high he went. But if he was drafted in a situation, let's just use uh, Tatum as an example, as a rookie, Thompson could contribute to a competitive team with the versatility yeah. of his game. Only problem, can't shoot. Can't shoot. <laughs> he is, what, what is his total? <clears throat> uh, he is shooting currently four for 29 on the season. Oh, boy. <laughs> 13%. Well, Grant was 0 of 25. And they <laughs> this is true. 13.8. Um, all right. Let's uh move on to our last little tidbits of NBA news. Zach Levine trade. Unlikely right now. This is per Don- Darnell Mayberry, excuse me, of The Athletic. Um, <clears throat> most don't expect the Bulls to make a trade until at least mid-December after contracts that were signed this summer can be traded. A more realistic target is the February 9th trade deadline. It often takes additional time to construct a trade for high contract players. Uh, and... Arturis Karnisovas, the executive vice president of basketball operations, their effective GM, has demonstrated numerous times that he's patient in making a deal. Sam Vecini, I believe that's how you say it, apologies if it's not, of The Athletic, uh, in a separate article added, while a shooting accuracy could bounce back, several league sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity convey that the feeling that Levine's game does not translate well to winning situations. So that's a little tidbit for Sam in there. I think uh, yeah. that was what I sent to you on Twitter. It Probably. was from the end, the the Dunk Central now because I had to change it because people were like impersonating them. Mm. But I saw the quote about Levine not being a waiting player, and I just tweeted the Thanos gif of him sitting there all satisfied because yeah, it's true. And I went online, I was on Reddit today. I think it was the Knicks subreddit. It came up in my feed, and Knicks fans were like, "Why is Levine consistently tied to the Knicks? Like he's a losing player. We don't want him." Like they would rather yeah. have Cat, who's also like low key a winning, uh, a losing player, but the Timberwolves are good, so like they're not going to give him up. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It sucks for you that the Bulls are just sitting there and not doing yeah. anything. Like if you're the Bulls, I feel like you have to decide early if you're going to suck. Like I don't know what exactly <laughs> they're hanging on to. They're what five and ten on the season. Yeah, five and ten. They are three games better than the league worst Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Pack it in, dog. Call it a season. DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic are just not going to get you there. Mm -mm. Very bad. Get something. Very, very bad. Especially Um, right now, you could probably sell some teams on hope. Like, let's look at the standings. I can't tell you off the top of my head what these teams can offer. That, That would be like, okay, money works. This is a respectable offer. But you're telling me right now in the Western Conference with how competitive and tight things are, you couldn't sell uh, Utah on some extra help? You couldn't sell <sighs> the Pelicans on a shakeup? I, I think it's just tough because, like, <clears throat> those specific ones, like Utah, do they really need to push right now? Like, are, are they really in for that? The Pelicans, like, you'd have I to really shake it up. should tank for what it's worth because they have the exactly. pick. So it has to be the perfect situation. And in that, in that 
what they should have done is fucking blown it up this offseason when teams are more flexible and can do things like that's what they really should have done but they did not so whatever uh next thing last thing before the rat list paul george uh said that vibes are high for the la clippers because they've won a couple games after losing like six in a row uh paul george i think this was on his podcast said vibes was definitely high you get one win and now the expectation has changed the energy has changed that attitude going into games has changed we were getting better and now we finally get over the hump so now we know what that feels like uh russ coming off the bench has obviously changed things a little bit as well but the clippers are now what is their record of the season five and seven excuse me five and seven on the season they've won two in a row so they were three and seven uh on the upswing now as much as it is fun to mock the clippers like realistically at least in my opinion this team is too talented to completely flop like they have too much talent they have too many good players i don't think they will be a complete bust i don't think they'll win the title i don't know if they'll win a playoff series you know they should win a playoff series but like in my opinion, this team was never going to miss the playoffs. Like that was never the floor. Okay. Fair. They're 11th right now, 10 teams above them. That's how math works of those 10 teams. (laughs) Golden state, probably better Pelicans, maybe not better than them. Rockets probably going to fall behind the Clippers by the end of the season. Phoenix, probably better than the Clippers Lakers. I, I don't know how you, I refuse to better. Um, are the Kings better than the Clippers in your opinion? I think so. I think so. I, do, yeah. I, I agree. Dallas is definitely better. OKC's better. Denver's better. And Minnesota's better. So there's really my only thing room is, for them to leapfrog two or three teams, which is not. My thing is, I think the Kings, Mavericks, Thunder, and Timberwolves are better, but any of them I could see going through a rough patch or going through an injury and then the Clippers being able to kind of surge. Like the only teams that I think are far and away clearly better going to finish above the Clippers are the Suns, the Nuggets, and and that's really it. Like, I could see them hopping all the way up to three if some teams you go through things. See them, I mean, listen, <clears throat> listen, 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 four listen, and listen, half listen, games listen. behind third at this point in the season. It's very I don't, I don't think they will. I think the Clippers will end up in that 7-8 range having to win a play-in game. However, I don't think it's completely crazy that their ceiling could be three. I personally think all the teams we said are better are better. I'm just saying I don't think it's, like, out of this world to say they could get as high as three. No, I, I see your point. And again, West, very tight. And the Thunder yes. could definitely go through a rough patch. I think Dallas is maybe, like, just looking at the standings, probably a top four team. Like, I think, I, I think it they should be. Tremendous offseason. Derek Lively has been a great surprise for them. But with Kyrie on a team, there's always a possibility that things go sideways. So, very fair point by you. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, vibes are high, though, according to, according to Paul George. So we'll see how high those vibes stay for the rest of the season. And uh, we can jump right into the rat list here and give you the end of what should be a nice long show. Um, as Sam continues to come back from his Internet, I'll just say happy Thanksgiving once again. Thank you all for tuning in to Happen Them Celtics regularly. We very much appreciate you. And uh, once I'm going to keep filibustering here just because I think it's funny. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Sam's faces forever. Welcome back. Welcome back, Sam. How we doing? Uh, we've moved on to the rat list since then, and, and we'll just go with an honor. Why is the background Sam's not rat list? list? Uh, it is. For me, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it <All> is. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to fuck with it. Here, wait. Let me do double back. Is it rat list now? That it is now it is. Back? There yep, we go. But uh, I'll start the rat list today. <sighs> People. I love this. Uh, how do I phrase this? When it rains, people forget how to drive. Facts. 
That is the rat list. It was making me angry. So I, I went to, I was going to the Celtics practice this morning, which I ended up missing. So I was, you know, had to drive back after like 10 minutes, which was annoying as well, but I didn't have to pay for parking. So anti-rat list, it didn't like charge okay. me, which is good. Um, but driving there, we're just going like 60 on the highway. Why? And not even like 60, like in the middle and right lane, like making a wall going 60 in the left. I'm sorry. Wall your, car, your car is a little wet. Don't be an asshole. Go like it's like at the very least, get in the middle lane so people who want to drive fast can drive fast. And this is this yes. applies to like at all times, anyways. But when it is wet outside, when it is raining, people just decide it's scary. Water scary. I'm just gonna go 20 miles below speed. Like, fuck off, move, get out of the way. Like, like, oh my god, no, you don't have to go 50 miles. And I understand you want to be careful, but like, there's a difference between careful and obnoxious. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. All right, question. Mm. When you were out there, was it like a monsoon like it was here? Because where I was today, downpouring, gusty winds, like, I mean, I ran this morning. and It was like running full. Running in a certain direction, my eyes were bored, like essentially closed. It, it was out. like full wipers, yeah. So I, I had like full wipers, full level on. There so. does become a point on the highway where I feel like it is dangerous when it's raining because you can't I agree. See. It's it's less about the the actual conditions. It's literally about visibility. I agree with you. And, and and there were points where I had to like I couldn't see a car in front of me for a little bit and I had to wait till I got close enough. Not close enough to the point where I was like slamming on the brakes, but like it took me longer than it normally would to see them. But again, I throw in get the fuck out of the left lane if you're going 50. Then if you are not comfortable yep. driving that fast, fuck off. Get out of my way. Because I'm more than comfortable going even like if it's just 70 rather than 75 or however fast I normally go because I can still see well enough. And because I, I understand, you know, how to drive <laughs> like a human. Um, so like, like, come on, get out of the way. And, and the worst part is when it turned into a drizzle on the way back, it was still wet, but people were treating it like it was still a monsoon. At that point, like, stay home. Like, what, what, do, you, what are we doing? So it, it, that that was frustrating me mightily today because it just uh, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. It was pissing me off. Got me mad. Some coworkers and I bonded over the don't be driving the speed limit in the left lane. Yeah, it's bad. Bad nice, look. Probably half hour long chat about driving. And I was like, I had to like kind of like monitor myself because, you know, sometimes like you start talking about traffic laws and you might. You might get to uh, get a little bit too excited. You start feeling like a little bit of a dictator. You're like, you know, maybe, maybe we should only do this. Maybe everyone should have a tank. You know, whatever. By the way, did you know that there's a Family Guy where Peter buys a tank? I did not know that. Someone put me onto that yesterday. I told. Oh no, where he like takes a tank in the road and like gets people out of the way. Yeah, he runs Joe. I didn't know that. Oh, that does sound familiar now that you say it. But I wouldn't have remembered like. If you hadn't yeah. told me, he's like trying to buy mega car. And then he's like, wait a minute, tell mm. me about this. And it's just a tank. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of fire. So uh, rat list, first and foremost, is me. Unfortunately, I, I have oh, to no. hold myself accountable. Uh oh, I feel like I cost the Celtics on Monday. You know, I came home from Ireland when I was in Ireland. Mm -hmm. They were undefeated. I come home, yeah. they lose. This is a big game for me tonight. And as you're listening to this, you know if I'm really on the hot seat or not. I could have been redeemed, but so far, returns have not been very good for me being back in the States. Yeah, it's tech. It's bad for yeah. you. Cost us viewership. Back. Get ready to learn Gaelic, buddy. See you later. 
<laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, what else do I got? That was really the big thing for me today. That it made me angry. Uh, my dog peed in the house after I tried to let her out. Oh, she didn't go outside. Yeah. Big well, she, I, I, I came home and I opened the door and she didn't go outside. And then I came in here to work for like 30 minutes and she peed in the house. So rat, like what, what are we doing here? Oh, Asshole. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have much. Oh, I we could do. I'm ready to go. But yeah, hit it. I was gonna say we could do our Thanksgiving stuff too as well. Let's wrap the rat list so we can finish with that. Okay, go ahead. I don't have any more else. I don't think. Uh, okay, if I think great. of something, I'll let you know. But so, rat list of the United States. Now this kind of ties in with me being back. <laughs> <clears throat> but sure, I was over across the pond there in Ireland, and at many of the establishments, coffee shop fast food place, wherever, you know, you pay with the card. They don't ask you to tip. No tip machines. Yeah, no tip they pay, screens. They pay people. No, hey, it's going to ask you a question in Ireland. Yeah. Respect. I came back here today. I was reintroduced to the tip screen. I was like, oh, my God, they're living so much better than us over there. They don't have this perpetual guilt when they go to buy a coffee. Even though I do tip at my local coffee shop because I go there every day and I have a rapport with those people. Sure. But never forget the Starbucks drive through where they hold it out the window at you like you're some kind of fucking animal. And they're like, give me the extra dollar. Well, I think it's because they pay. I guess it doesn't it doesn't apply at Starbucks, but they don't just, they just don't tip over there in general. Like they pay waitresses like normal salary instead. You're supposed to tip 10 percent. In Ireland? Yes. Oh, in in most of Europe, you are correct. The, the gratuity okay. is included. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I, it was okay. my understanding you tip 10%. Um, sure. And then, you know, I ride the plane all day. I ate like absolute dog shit over the weekend. It was terrible. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting fat. Uh, but anyways, I fly home. Did I tell you I watched the Chucky movie on the plane? The the, the child's play with the, the doll, <laughs> no. Chucky? No, you didn't tell me that. That is one of the funniest films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that fucking Chucky doll running around, scrambling around, killing people is so fucking funny. He, the way he runs, he just across the screen. <laughs> Anyways, so the, the woman in the movie figures out like Chucky's bad. Mm. The mom of the kid that it's the, the Chucky doll belongs to. And she like tries to throw him in the fireplace. She picks him up and he's like, you fucking stupid bitch. Put me down. He just starts berating the woman. It was the greatest thing ever. I'm sitting on the plane laughing. But anyways, after my lovely flight, which uh, had tons of movies on it. My mom and I are riding the employee because my mom's a flight attendant. We're, we're riding the bus back to the employee parking lot. We're on the bus. And this guy on the bus has his phone on. Now, Jack, you have voice displeasure in the past with those who are in public settings and have their volume on the phone. You know what the worst use of your volume could probably ever be? Like it goes this and then probably watching porn in public. This is is worse than uh, that. Yeah. Okay. The man had his the fucking alarm sounds playing on his phone. Like like the the sound that is my alarm when I wake up. Why? I, I don't know. It might have been his text message tone, but that's yeah. I shouldn't have to hear that sound ever unless it's my alarm because it like sets something off in your brain yeah, yeah, yeah. where you want to be upset. You're upset because it's an upsetting part of your day. It's terrible. Yeah. So rat list to that guy. 
I literally almost said something after the third one, but I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Oh wow, this was multi time. That's that's brutal. Yeah, like yeah. I had, had a long day. That's long a tough day. one. <clears throat> that is a tough one. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I agree. Sorry, I, I thought I had something else, but again, I just don't. Uh, do you want to go to Thanksgiving stuff, or do you have more? Yeah, yeah, I got nothing. Okay, else. how do you want to approach this? What do we want to talk about? Favorite like Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Big stuffing guy. I've never. I love really stuffing. Never. Tried. What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, what? I was picky as a kid, and like, never really got into it. It's fucking bread and butter, like that. It, like, just that's all it is. Like other shit. In well, it. Now, now I can't afford to eat that. I just fuck told you. you I thought I was getting fat. You're a piece of shit. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Eat food. No, fuck I'll eat food. You eat. St- try stuffing. What does? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Everybody screws around with the stuffing. There's really like no concrete recipe for stuffing. Everyone likes to get creative. Just I don't know if I'm for it. Whatever. Loser. What's yours? So <laughs> the fuck's happening? I like ham. I like ham better than turkey. I don't dislike turkey. And I actually prefer a turkey sandwich to a ham sandwich. But cooked in the oven. I get more of a kick out of ham. I think it's more fun. Like, more fun. I just like it better. I like the taste better. But I, I do. Understand. I, I don't dislike her, turkey. This is more of a, a uh, enjoyment me, of the ham. I agree on its own, but I would rather have turkey with gravy than ham. Not a gravy guy. Do you like I anything? Do you, do you like anything? Are you like, do you have any sense of happiness in your life? You don't like Christmas. You you like, oh, I like Thanksgiving, but I don't know about stuffing Dude, I, and I gravy. I like donuts. I ripped what three Krispy Kremes back to back to back on Sunday. Like it was nothing. God, like, and I felt bad. Like about, I still feel gravy? bad. Gravy? Why do you, how do you not like gravy? Uh, I don't know. Just I, I just don't like the I never it, like this this goes back to me being like a picky kid like I never liked it like I don't I don't like the way it looks. It's just like, one of those things like I I I just like learn to live without it and I just don't need it. I'm trying to think what else. Do you like like I don't even like cranberry sauce is kind of mid. I won't hate you if you just like that. It's yeah, like whatever. I don't really care for it. It's okay, but like I'm I'm not cornbread. Cornbread, cornbread fire. Yeah, cornbread. W. Love cornbread. I I shout out. Why do I respect agree? Why do I have a feeling you don't like pie? Pie's okay. Okay. Here's the thing about pie. Uh, if I'm going to have a dessert, I would rather have cookies, brownies, cake, ice cream, donuts. Like, I could list off endless things I'd rather have over pie. Yeah. Within I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay, which do you prefer, pumpkin or apple pie? <sighs> Neither. Like they're all both fine. I like pecan oh, pie. Like oh, pecan. Pecan pie is good. I chocolate like. I don't. Pie is actually pretty good. Chocolate cream pie is also good. I don't dislike either apple or pumpkin. I would probably prefer pumpkin pie. Um, but like they're they're pretty much on par for me. Like I mm-hmm. like them both, and I think they both have good. My issue is like, I I agree that pie is probably the worst of most desserts, but it just it's just like. It's part of the you holiday. Have, you have pie. Exactly. It's Thanksgiving. You have pie. It's kind of what it is. I've never understood <laughs> that. Like, don't you think, like, wouldn't you just rather have, like, what you want to eat? Like, my, I had my friends giving earlier this month because I went away to Ireland. So they accommodated me. Shout out to the fellas. And it was an excellent time. No pie at thanks, uh, Friendsgiving. There was cookies. Fire. I made them. Don't worry about it. There was Rice Krispie Treat 
brownie things that also had marshmallows and it was peanut butter flavor fire then there were cheesecake bites all of it was great didn't need pie everyone had a tremendous time i don't know what the origin of pie at thanksgiving is i assume it has some sort of historical significance that i don't really care like i contend we should all have wings at thanksgiving would be sick i will say again i just i listen to front office show so i rip keith smith the post thanksgiving day sandwiches where you throw like some bread some turkey some gravy some stuffing that's the shit that's it for me i was listening to pardon my take today Mm. And they did like a Thanksgiving Q&A or whatever. I think they did emails or whatever. And somebody asked them about that. And Big Cat was like, everyone tries to act like they're on the next wave saying that they like leftovers on Thanksgiving. I that's not Welcome to the club, brother. I literally said I'm copying someone else. I didn't act like I'm on anything. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) But you throw that shit in the air fryer, though. Yeah, that's Air that's the biggest W. Air fryer's the goat. I think that's all I got though. Any other? I never grew things? up with mac and cheese on Thanksgiving, but I do like mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese good when it's there. Mashed potatoes good, but like it's potatoes. Like they're just good regardless. Potatoes just um, kind of don't miss. So I we have my aunt makes sweet potato casserole with like some like brown sugar on top. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Big sweet fan of that. Casserole, a fine part of uh, Spider Man One. It's mm-hmm. essentially centered at Thanksgiving. Have you? Do you know what I'm about to talk about? Or are you about to change the no. subject? I was just going to say, I'm also weird and I like Brussels sprouts, but... I like yeah. broccoli. Uh, broccoli, good. Broccoli, best big, vegetable. Big Thanksgiving scene in Spider-Man 1. Shout out. Uh, Peter in... Uh, so Spider-Man and the Green Goblin have just had a, a run-in with each other. Mm. Spider-Man gets a cut on his forearm. Mm. And... As part of Thanksgiving, Peter, uh, his friend Harry, his friend's dad, Norman, Mary Jane, and Aunt May are all having Thanksgiving together. Norman is the Green Goblin, if you don't know, Jack. <clears throat> sure. And Norman tries to eat the casserole early, and Aunt May slaps his hand away, puts him in his place. But also, this is how he finds Fire. Peter's Spider-Man, because he okay. has the cut. Does he not Great. bleed or something? Like, no, he is- bleeds. Then how does he find out? Does he bleed a different color or like? He has a cut on his forearm, the same place Spider-Man had a cut. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you meant he he like got cut. When you said that, I thought you said, I thought it was like inferring that he got cut at dinner and like he bleed like, like. Oh, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't. Norman is asked to cut the turkey and do the honors. And then he he gets his hand slapped away. Great scene. Great movie. Great franchise. You know, <laughs> Sam's in. Uh, all right, we can wrap it there. I've got to head out, go to the Celtics game. I know Sam has somewhere to be as well. So, thank y'all for tuning in. We appreciate you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, once again, I ask you to leave a review on Apple. I would appreciate it. And uh, we'll let us know your favorite. Yeah, let us know your favorite Thanksgiving dish in the comments. That can be the comment. Say what's popping, and then and yeah. drop your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Um, again, check out the channel more often. We're gonna be dropping multiple videos a day. Probably not tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving, but in the future. Watch out for more double uploads. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics, and I'll let Sam take it out. Hey, thank you very much for listening and watching today. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. Leave a comment. Tell us about your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Tell us what you do that's unique on Thanksgiving. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, You can also leave a like. We appreciate that. You can follow us on Apple and Spotify. All the full-length pods will be there, as well as any game recaps. I think next week you'll get some off off day games. It's been a while since a game has not coincided with a pod. 
Uh, but the Bulls game on Tuesday will certainly be one. So will be so will Sunday's game against Atlanta. So be on the lookout for that. You can follow us there. Leave a five-star review, like Jack said. Find us on socials at how about them C's, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook page is just the name of the podcast. We're live there as well as YouTube before every single game, 30 minutes before doing the pregame show. You can find Jack on Twitter at Jack's Money B. You can find me at Samuel France NBA. It's a for us. Bye. Check, check, go.